Coming to you from the X-Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this John of All Trades podcast promo. Each Wednesday, I bring you a brand new interview with someone fascinating and ask the question we all ask when we meet someone new. Hey, what do you do? It's fun, informative, and it's the 2017 Westward Reader's Choice Award winner for Best Denver Podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and johnofalltrades.us. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. Do you like your stories told through pictures? Then you can also follow us at Real Nerds on Instagram. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. I'm Andre Gower. And I'm Ryan Lambert. And you're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. This is Real Nerds Podcast, voted one of the top 10 nerd-tastic podcasts from Denver by Denver Westward, and we are also unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic-Con, Pop Culture Con 2020 and beyond. I am Ryan, with me is Zach and Brad. Every week on Real Nerds, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw Extraordinary, which is a Fantastic Fest submission or... I guess you'd say it's submission. It's a film festival. Selects or, yeah. Selection. Yeah, selection. Um, that was only playing at Alamo Draft Houses. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We'll play the trailer and then we'll spoil the mo- movie and tell you if you should see it or not. Uh, did you guys get the, uh, like the little short before it? Yeah. The Simpsons short? Yeah. No, not oh. the Simpsons. Uh, oh, yeah. The yeah, I was place. Because like, I was watching yeah. this like, wait, this doesn't seem right. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah. No, that, yeah. Was, that was a nice <laughs> surprise. Yeah. It's fun. Get a little short before the feature. Yeah. I guess it's probably made by the same people who made the movie. Yeah, maybe. So Alamo just threw it on there. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I think it's either that or it's like, you know, they're trying to doing kind of like a Pixar-ish thing where they curate other short films or something. I don't know. That'd be cool. So I've I've been going to the Alamo, obviously, because I have a season pass. And one of the movies I saw this week was The Lodge, and that's a rated R horror film. Mm -hmm. And um, when I was buying the ticket, I mean, it was 11 at like 11 o'clock in the morning I was going to go see it. And it was an Alamo for all screening. And I go, wait, what? They've had what? it for other R-rated. I saw an Alamo all for Joker. Really? Well, yeah. Alamo all's for, um, uh, what's it called, that I, people have? I know it's like sensory um, to keep them, but the Alamo for all, I mean, I could have brought Kellen to it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's it's not just like it's not really for kids. It's for just people who can't focus, I guess. And and I know it's for people that have like uh, sensory, like... Uh, God, what's it called? Yeah, I know if like photos because I I saw a Spider Man one there one time, and they don't turn it up all the way, and I mean it was fine, but you know when you saw when I saw Spider Man Far From Home, I go man this is a great movie, but it feels like it's missing some like oomph. So then I went back and I saw it in IMAX. I go oh there it is, <laughs> there's the volume. Um, anyways, I, I just thought it was bizarre, um, but 
I was the only one there. <laughs> That's how I saw Finding Dory with my folks, and it was, yeah, main, but it was also because a lot of parents are bringing small, small children. Yeah, that, it's fine. Know. I mean, it's not really that bad, but um, it was cool. I was the only one at the lodge, and uh, it, maybe it was like ten o'clock, and um, uh, yeah, it, the, the dude came in. I said, "I'm the only one, huh?" He said, "Yep." <laughs> Sorry. Like, well, this is awkward. I'll take some water. <laughs> Uh, and I was bummed they got rid of their truffle popcorn. Really? What? Yeah. Now they just have the garlic herb popcorn. I like that, but yeah. Mm, wow. And then when I went and saw Onward, the lady forgot my popcorn. Uh-oh. And then she dropped off the check, and there was a charge on there. And I wrote, I said, I never got my popcorn. And she came by, and she, <laughs> and she like ran away. And I, then I felt really bad because I wrote, I never got my popcorn on it, like. And I I always write I write in block so I always write in um, uppercase, uh, because of my job. And I think maybe she thought I was mad when I wrote it, <laughs> but I really wasn't. I was just letting her know, basically just take it off because I didn't care that much. Yeah. But then there's ten minutes left in the movie, and she brought me the popcorn, and she took it off, and she's apologizing. Okay, that's not that big a deal. Yeah. The hell are you doing? You think I'm going to eat all this in ten minutes? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> wait, this is a auditory uh, <laughs> medium. So what I did is I picked up a bowl and pretended to dump it in my mouth for like all those listening at home. Like a cartoon character, just go gulp. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. Today, I really wasn't working, but I did have to go to the DA's office, and I also have what we call a, um, a DOR hearing. A DOR hearing is when you drive impaired, um, you have the right to schedule a hearing with the Department of Motor Vehicles to see if you can keep your license. Mm. Um in the state of Colorado, uh, you have by when you get your license, you sign a box saying you have expressed your consent to. If I feel that you've been impaired, that you'll submit to a chemical blood test or a breath test. Yeah, and when you don't do that, you automatically lose your license for a year. Hmm. So I had a DUI, and the dude was a butt knocker. And first he asked for breath, and then he got all uh, annoying, and then. He changed it to blood, and when we got to the hospital, I got the phlebotanist, and he uh, he refused that too. So that's a refusal. Um, so today I had the hearing with him, um, and so I said my piece, and then he has a chance to say his, and he said that I was really mean to him, and that he shouldn't be punished for how mean I was. Mm. I go okay, and he and he said, "Do you have any regrets about how you treated me?" Nope. <laughs> That wasn't that mean. You can watch the body cam. If you're if you're drinking, you're under the influence of something like that. Well, a lot of times when people are intoxicated, they think uh, they're really obnoxious and they're really um, hard to talk to. Well, you think you think you think that you're being attacked. You're being attacked. I'm, yeah. I'm literally just telling him like the laws. You're, you're trying to help him. Yeah, because he also said I didn't read him his rights. Technically, you don't have to be read your rights. Um, I think I've gone over this in a podcast earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Only yeah. if you're being if you're custodial interrogation meaning you are being detained mm-hmm. and i'm asking you questions about a specific crime right so i have to investigate before i can arrest anybody for you know d driving under the influence mm-hmm. so that whole time you, yeah. you don't have to have your rights read to you no but um yeah don't always believe the first episode of freddy's dead Ni- or the freddy nightmares yeah, you know? or any police movie really <laughs> Even Lethal Weapon? Even Lethal. If if Lethal Weapon really happened, they would be drowned in paperwork. If you fire your gun, you are like on light duty for two weeks while they investigate. That just reminded me of what we'll talk about and what we've been watching. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, we also talk about what we've been watching, uh, movies that are coming out on Blu-ray that you can purchase, and uh, movie news. Hmm. But I like to start every episode by talking to Brad, because he likes to go around town a lot. And pet kitties, apparently. Yep. Stanley is hanging out with him. Stanley's a very nice cat. Brad is the cat master. He is probably the nicest. I, I'm not even a cat person, but he's really cute. Every morning uh, when I get up to go to work, he'll... Uh, our guest bedroom is where I keep all my cop stuff. Mm-hmm. And when I go get dressed, he'll come up and give me a hug. Like he puts his paws and he rests his head on my chest Aww. every morning. He's a nice cat. Reminds me of my cat, Max. He used to walk around. He's like a big old black mm-hmm. cat. So when my nephew was born, he's just before he died. But um, he went up to my nephew and started kind of batting him like Bagheera in Jungle Book. <laughs> and I was like, that's adorable. <laughs> so, yeah, we take the moped and the excite bike theme and we go around town. Hey, film buddies, follow me around Denver. Uh, this week, The Midnight at the Esquire is Suspiria, the original. Mm, that's a fun movie. Argento. So I've never seen it, so I will be checking that out this I will, week. I will come it's with weird. You. Have you ever seen an Argento film? Yeah, Deep Red. Deep Red yeah. Oh, so you, you know what you're in for. Yeah, I'm not excited. So This we'll one see. is a little more... Uh, I won't spoil it for you. It's it's ex- it's accessible. Yeah, it's probably his most accessible film. Yeah, which is why it gets restored the most. <laughs> yep. Um, so, actually, that Synapse one is supposed to be really. Oh, good. I really I like the 4K cover art is awesome, uh, but I, he, it's hard for me to validate. I I have the new one because mm-hmm. I got it for like nine ten dollars, and I wanted watching because I saw it uh, last year at dis or I guess two years ago, twenty eighteen dis- dismember. dismember. Yeah. Uh, and it was the last film, and it's like two hours and 40 minutes long. <sighs> and I literally drove all night from seeing Rod Stewart in Montana, got home at 6 in the morning, woke up at 11 to meet my cousin at Alamo Littleton <laughs> to watch four horror films. Jeez, you were tired. Yep. So watching a two and a half hour long horror film Oh yeah, that's a slow burn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it was, it was a good movie, but it... But it's ta- it, I mean, it's, it's taxing. A, it's a taxing. But it was, it was a good enough film for me to say, you know what? If that ever goes on sale, I'll pick it up. Right. And it did, and so I did. No, and, f- no four K, sadly. But. Yeah, probably don't need it. Um, but yeah. Hey, Brad, aren't you also doing a film festival? Mm-hmm. Uh, so two things. Uh, March nineteenth through the twenty first is Eve Palooza mm-hmm. at the Bug Film. Sorry, Stanley's biting me. <laughs> Stan Lee is biting. Oh, Stan Lee the cat, but not like in a like I'm trying to eat you kind Excelsior. of way. <laughs> I'm gonna bite you, cat Brad. <laughs> He's uh, still a kitten and an asshole. <laughs> so I have my action figure set up around the corner, and he always just knocks down Roxy Rocket and my f- Ray stat figures. I'm like, what the fuck? He's like the the kid version of that Pat Oswalt bit where he's yeah. like, oh come on, yeah. come on, son. <laughs> okay, he's lost interest. Um. Yeah, so March 19th through the 21st is Eve Palooza at the Bug Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, come see local independent films from the past year and uh, ones that we haven't shown yet. Yeah. And then the other thing is um, last week we announced the uh, Fail Film Festival, yep. which is a film festival designed to showcase people's awful, awful first films. Except for yours. Yours is amazing. Yeah, I can't enter. So Yeah, because it's sucks. too great. Yeah. I'm still in negotiations with him to do a retrospective on my entire career. But. Yeah, Zach can't figure out which one he wants to put in because they're well, all. Well, that we're kind of negotiating my writer. <laughs> See, I want ten bags of M and M's, but you guys are only acquiescing to five, and I think that's bullshit. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, like, 
the the, the address for the submission form is like a mile long. So, so wow. if you just type something in Google taskbar, what will, what do you need to type in? No, I, if you're on Facebook, just find the Emerging Filmmakers Project Facebook page, and then it'll the, be under the there link like. will be there. Cool under the posts. So nice. If you want to do that, but it's it it's it's only Denver filmmakers. So if you're like in Wisconsin, Cal- fuck you. Yeah, eat it. Does it have to be one that you've made like under a professional setting? It could be like high school or something like that. Like, no, I, I, it's it's your first film. Like whatever in your life, whatever f- the first time you picked up a camera and made a movie to completion, mm. that's your first film. Maybe I'll have something for you then. Yeah, yeah, you'll have some fun with that. <laughs> Luckily, when I did that in high school, mine was great too. So yeah, so uh, he can't. <laughs> yeah, well, based on his quality, he just can't. In good conscience. Even on VHS, it was amazing. <laughs> masterpiece. It's, it wouldn't be my first one because I can never find my first one, but the second one I did, which I guess would technically count as it. It's a it's it's a fun movie for what it is, but when I watch it now, I'm just like, Ugh, I didn't understand writing at all. So. <laughs> yeah. So and the festival is not going to be, it's not going to be another one of those like you submit and then you do like watch and then do a Q&A. We're going to do more uh, theatrical stuff like, um, I mean, depending on how many submissions we get, but you know, we'll screen it and then we might have people make fun of it as it's screening or you might have to go on trial and defend your film. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> defend yourself as being able to make more films. I like that. Stuff like that. So we'll see. It just kind of depends on what we get. Nice. So, uh, yeah, check that out. Cool. Movie news. It's real news. Has anybody seen the Scream Factory releases they've announced today? Dude, it's nuts. Holy cow. So I love Tales from the Dark Side. Um, it's an anthology, early 90s. It's one I haven't seen, so uh, it's, we'll it's pretty it great. Um, I mean, when I say pretty great, it's pretty fun. Um, there's a Christian Slater one that's awesome. Oh, my God. With, he... with a mummy, and he has to... <laughs> Christian fights a mummy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, cock a freaking doodle do. You know, I've been waiting for 13 Ghosts. The uh, go. Uh, We've been talking about yeah. this since they did the House on Haunted Hill one. It's just like, yeah, maybe the, they'll put the, that one The in. Hill House, or what is the that brand of... Oh, House on Haunted Hill. No, what's the brand? Uh, oh, uh, Dark, Dark Castle. Castle. Sorry. Yeah, Joel Silver's uh, horror brand from the I'm 90s. surprised it took them that long to put this one out, because I know it's the one people have been asking for the most. Do you feel like they maybe have trouble with Warner Brothers, because it seems like they can get them, but like by the skin of their teeth? No, because I think they have a pretty good record with Warner Brothers, but... I, it might. I'm sure they're just spacing them out. Yeah, for and, sure. And there's probably a thing with Warner Brothers. Say, hey, you can do House on Haunted Hill this year. Next year, you can do Thirteen Ghosts or whatever other film you want to do. Yeah. Um, and I, then they they're releasing Orca. Yeah, the Killer Whale with Richard Harris. Yeah. I've never seen this one. No, I'm excited. It's I'll, not good. All the ones, that, with the exception of Thirteen Ghosts, the all the ones they announced, I haven't seen yet. So I'm gonna have to check um, them out. So. And then uh, there's another Universal horror collection with a bunch of man-made beast stuff which is ones i haven't seen i've never before. Even heard of them yeah so uh, the climax i've heard of but the other ones i haven't so um which i mean i think it's i, I like that name for a horror film back in the day i'm just like tee yeah climax um but yeah um but that, I, don't, I don't know why they're announcing them today i, I don't know what's special about today but they announced four of them for march well, i mean uh june they said a couple weeks, uh, like a week ago, they were just like, remember that big announcement we did last year? Yeah, well, stay tuned in a week. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. like, I'll, I'll no, find out eventually. Pretty, uh, I think I'm going to pre-order all those. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i a little backed up. I still need to get um, 
the other two universal ones and make sure if you want those you get them because they've the first one's already out of print i think i already have it so i'm nice. covered on that one the, t- the well that one was always going to go out of print early regardless because it's bella and boris yeah. so um but yeah, and then there's there's another one I'm thinking. Of, oh, my bloody Valentine! I need to pick up. Like uh, yeah. that's not going to go out of print anytime soon. But yeah, I, actually, right now on on their website, you can they do have going out of print in 2020, mm-hmm. and so they have a breakdown of which ones uh, you should purchase. And I mean, half of them already gone. Yeah. So there's a low stock alert on um, uh, one of them, and then De- I think also Deathstalker one and two. Yeah, so. Deathstalkers. Uh, just like I, I mean, I have the Velvet Vampire and. Uh, up from the depths and those are ones that just like they're they're the ones that they only make a thousand of and they only put them on the website mm. i mean they won't put them on amazon, amazon or uh any other thing so keep an eye out for that stuff too it, it, it kind of helps because like the, and i still need to pick it up but best buy has a bunch of the steel books of slumber party massacre available and i'm just like i'm gonna get it eventually yeah. like i just get it from there directly but yeah um moving on to news though um uh, we are officially in virus mode. Um, I watched that movie this week. Hmm. <laughs> I can't wait to hear you talk about it. It's it's. I I know it's dumb, but I want to hear you talk about it. Um. Yes, coronavirus. Uh, uh the non-beer related disease has been affecting many things in the world. Amongst them, the industry. We talked about last week how it uh, dis- delayed the Mission Impossible Seven filming. Um. Now the coronavirus virus is responsible for the delay in the release of No Time to Die, the new James Bond film. So they'll be moving it from April to November. <laughs> and the recent report is that this is going to cost MGM 30 to $50 million. Uh, but I think they weighed it, weighed it against, I mean, how much money they're going to make in China. Yeah. And so now, you got, I mean, the movie is probably, what, $150 million to make? I would assume so, yeah. marketing $300 million, so you got to probably do about $400 million to break even. Yeah. They'll probably do that worldwide. Yeah. It's really just a cover for the fact that the movie wasn't ready. <laughs> might be um, uh, well on that note though um, in addition to that I think this is even bigger than the Bond thing South by Southwest got cancelled uh, yep. entirely and there's a report that closing it down the cost of closing it down this year means that there may not be one next year because of just how much it costs to put it on and then suddenly cancel why don't they it? just postpone it because I, I was reading um, on the BBC that a lot of times viruses have a hard time surviving once it gets really warm out mm-hmm. and they just move it. I think it might be because of the theater rentals. Like, Oh, you're right. Oh, well, yeah, you guess you can put them in the summer and stuff like that, too. Yeah, like people have already booked them, so yeah. you can't just really reschedule them that easy. And within that, actually, also the Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle has been canceled as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's uh, this damn virus. Is... I know Final Combat, they didn't allow any. It's like this Mortal Combat event. They don't allow any spectators. Is only the people that were participating they allowed in there. Really? Just because of the virus? Yeah. Oh, that, that's, that's terrible. Remember when we used to do E3 and it was only industry people? Yep. Yeah. Um, here's an update, too. Uh, the Real Nerds uh, appearance at Denver Pop Culture Con has not been canceled because no. of coronavirus. What um, if it does, though? No. I, well, I think it's far enough. Except for the... We still get our $1,000 back. We better. <laughs> it says, for the, except for the appearance of Zach Eastman, that has been delayed yeah. due to all the viruses. So, yeah, sorry, guys. I won't be coming. And enjoy your time without me. I'm going to create a... Like, get some caution tape and just wrap it around you at the base. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, no. interacts no. with you. Good cosplay slash precaution. I go as the bubble boy. Yeah. Either Jake Gyllenhaal or John Travolta, whichever bubble boy you guys want. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Kids in the Hall is getting a revival at Amazon. Um, I haven't watched Kids in the Hall in a while, but uh, it's a That's all right. Canadian sketch show. And Lauren Michaels is coming back to executive produce. So that'll be a lot of fun. I like Dave Foley a lot, obviously, from news radio. Um, so then, yeah, this should be fun. Um, 
Taika Waititi, Academy Award winner Taika Waititi. I cannot believe we get to say that. It's so freaking awesome. Uh, he is going to be making two animated series at Netflix based around Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So there'll be one about the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory story itself, and then there's going to be one from the Oompa Loompa's perspective. <laughs> that one sounds like a lot of fun from him. So I, I've been... Uh, actually, stay tuned. I think uh, maybe in a day I'll be posting um, my... F- ultimate family guy review of every episode i think i have like 18 in this one mm-hmm. and uh they had the Pawtucket pat one where it's wasted talent which is brilliant yeah where peter gets drunk and he becomes like a like plays the piano amazingly. Yeah, 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 yeah um and that's a spot on like parody of willy wonka like yeah pretty spot on yeah that's a good one actually i i like the early early gag of just like i'm gonna ask you one more time did you eat anything in my chocolate factory no Okay, I'm just asking. No, no, I didn't eat any of your candy. No, hey, shut up, Wonka. <laughs> uh, uh, I need to go back to Family Guys. Tackling each other. So. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah, I um, too. This is a little fun news, or not fun, actually, but just interesting, I guess. Jason Statham was supposed to be in a movie called The Man from Toronto with Kevin Hart. And he left. I need to know if I'm going to be in this movie. Well, funny you should say that because he just decided to leave it weeks before uh, production began. Uh, saying that there's a disagreement over what f- tone the film should be. Statham was hoping to make the film an R-rated comedy, and Sony wants a PG-13 that would give them more box office-friendly uh, results heading into November, because the movie is set to be released in November 20th Look, of 2020. Sony, I know you want me to do the nice thing and not jam people in the eye, but I want to see my fist go through someone's fucking head. Unless you're Paul Feig and you're paying me lots of money to be a fool, I'm not going to be made a fool of. <laughs> well, you know. I love him and I love him in Spy. Oh, yeah. I so love he, him in Spy. <laughs> he's pretty good at most things. Yeah. Um, uh, we got some stuff for uh, some pictures of the Batmobile and they look pretty funny. Freaking cool. Um, it's I'm like excited. a souped up hot rod. Yeah. I'm I excited. don't know about it. I'm, exci- yeah. I'm excited for him. I mean, I guess maybe if they're going back to really early Batman and he isn't quite... That still doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Yeah, though, like, in the comics, the early Batmobiles were just, like, regular cars with a bat emblem on yeah. them. Yeah. I'm guessing this is more like, like, because he's such a young Batman, it, it's yeah. kind of got the vibe of, you know, he's a kid who yeah likes to soup up cars, and this is, like, the first iteration of the Batmobile. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's a millennial. Still Batman. figuring it he's out. He's got a hot soup up I mean, up Matt car. Reeves is a great, great filmmaker, so I do have faith that it'll turn out well yeah of course why why wouldn't you have the faith the faith the faith uh and uh, last but not least uh we lost max van this week mm, or uh, just today, today actually yeah like really early in the morning yeah um yeah my I, freaking bbc like news alert is <laughs> and it went off like at four in the morning does it have an actual voice that just goes max von Sydow dead <laughs> i'm sure i could ask siri to read it oh that'd be that That'd be sad and at the same time amazing. Uh, yeah, no, act, legendary um, Swedish actor Max von Sydow passed away. You'd know him from films like The Exorcist, The Seventh Seal. He was on Game of Thrones, um, Hannah and Her Sisters. And uh, most recently, he was killed by Adam Driver uh, in Star Wars The Force Awakens. Um, yeah, had a great acting career. Yeah, legendary. Like over 100, 100 films to his credit, not including the television roles that he did. Worked a lot with Ingmar Bergman. If you haven't watched The Seventh Seal, watch The Seventh Seal. It's a great movie where he fights death in a chess match and uh, tries to accomplish one great last task as a night before death takes him off to the great beyond. 
Uh, and if you haven't watched The Exorcist, why haven't you watched The Exorcist? Um, That's a great film. It is. Uh, but yeah, 90 years old, though. Yeah, a great run. And well, he, he's one of those dudes who's awesome in any film he's in. Yeah, it's a, it's um, it's not a movie I go back to that much anymore, but I, had it in, I have it in that 1986 film explosion. It was Hannah and Her Sisters. He has a great line with it. It's just like, if Jesus Christ could come back and see what was being done in his name, he'd never stop vomiting. <laughs> and just hearing it from his voice, mm-hmm. it sounds incredible. You know, it's I was watching this facebook uh ad for bernie sanders because dick van dyke was endorsing him Mm -hmm. i was like man he looks really old (laughs) i mean he's 95 i get it but it's like man but he can still dance like a mother no he's still amazing and he's still sharp and i mean i actually he does facebook live he performs at a jazz club in la all the time and uh, so i watch it all the time and he's still like He's entertaining, but it's just like, man. You know what you got to do? We got to go to L.A., watch him dance live. I've, I'd be f- down for that for sure. Can't believe I've gone there four times and haven't done that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, when you when you see Yvonne Saito and I think about, like, Christopher Plummer and things like that, you're like, man, these guys uh, are getting so old. Don't and... don't tell me the head of the Von Trapp family is going to pass soon. But, dude, soon. he's, like, 90 as well. I know, but he. he... I'm not saying he's going to pass soon. I'm just saying that you realize how old these guys are. And then when you're looking at, like, DVD, he's, you know, in a sitcom that's almost 60 years old, and he's 40 in that sitcom. Yeah. That shows you, like, how long they they really have been working. I think 61 is the first year, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Um, 60 years anniversary is next year? uh, I'm still doing the math on his age. Like... Really, so, his forties? I was thinking like mid thirties. So you know, he was when it started, but he's he's ninety five now. I think. I think he's born in twenty. He's, he's yeah. I think he's what? just a wee bit younger than Carl. Reiner, he is because yeah. So. Well, we, we have the internet. Uh, which, by the way, like if, if you watch, there's a documentary on HBO about um, where it's uh, um, uh, if you. If your name's not in the obituary, have breakfast. Wow, yeah. And it's about uh, following Carl Reiner, Mel Brooks, Dick Van Dyke, and Norman Lear. Yeah, he's born um, in 1925. 1925. Oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah. He was in his 40s. Yeah. Yeah. Mary Tyler Moore was like in oh, yeah. her early 20s. That's <laughs> yeah. what uh, he, on all the extras, he always talks about that. Yeah. Oh, Mary Tyler Moore. I love that woman. Yeah. I really do. It's but yeah. Gone. Um, yeah. But yeah, Max von Sydow's gone. You know, let's let's hope Dick Van Dyke, Mel Brooks, and Carl Reiner can all just stay around for another twenty years somehow. Just you know, that'd be got, a record. We've got technology. Yeah. <laughs> we've got technology. If but, they can all beat Bob Hope's record, I'd be very happy. <laughs> yeah, Carl, Carl Reiner is ninety-eight. He'll be ninety-eight in March. And he's twentieth, and he's still kicking it, still performing. Oh no, and he's like awesome. I saw him do an interview the other day. I think Mel. I think Mel's ninety-three, ninety-four, something like yeah, that. That's, Comedy right. legends. You know what? They'll live forever no matter what. Yeah, as long as we keep watching their stuff. They're not dead, Jim. As long as we But when you start thinking about stuff, I mean, Brad and I are obviously older than you. And then when Wait, you, what? When you think about the first things you bought and um you know, I think about the Matrix DVD and that's like 20 years ago. Mhm. I remember buying that brand new or chasing Amy. I mean, that was 98, so that was 22 years ago. Yep. Fuck. Yep. I'm old. What freaks me out is when I think about you know, when we were kids, like the stuff that was older than us, mm-hmm. like even from the 70s was yeah. like ancient, right? Mm-hmm. But that was only 10 years earlier than that. Yeah, well, here's the so thing. That's like looking back towards like the first X-Men movie now. What I say is our first film explosion is 1990. That's 30 years ago. I remember going to the movie theater uh, to see Ninja Turtles and things like that in 1990. Uh, God. That 
blows my mind. Yeah. Just makes me realize we're one year away from my birth year. But even then, like, I, like I went to, I would used to go to Sam Goody in the Park Park Meadows Mall. Like they had it right across from what used to be the Galaxy Point or the Gal- the, the Star Galaxy Regal Theater, and uh, uh, Club Disney. Club Disney was downstairs. No, it was I the whole think. United Artists Theater over there. Right, but then oh, Club oh yo no no that was yeah that's the Meadows one. There was one inside the Regal the- uh, inside the Park Meadows Mall itself at one point. I don't remember. Um, that's where I saw Empire Strikes Back. Um, but, um, yeah, just like remember going through Sam Goody and seeing like the, the first batch of like DVDs, but there were still like tons of VHSs there. Oh yeah. And every time we keep going back, Suncoast. That, that VH, we didn't have a Suncoast at there. I'd only gone to Suncoast once and I wish I'd gone more. I remember always going there to get Friday the 13th. So I would, uh, do chores all week long in the summer with my dad and I could always buy one Friday the 13th after a week because I think the VHS were like 25 bucks. Did you end up like collecting them all eventually oh, yeah. based on that? Oh, yeah, yeah, I had them all. Um, and then, uh, you know, I just remember the neon, like, red and black and white sign from Suncoast. And... I remember at KB Toys at the, uh, what used to be the South Glen Mall, because that's where also what the Suncoast was yeah. for me. But, yeah, I was, at the, right. I was at the tail end of it, but Time I still changed. got to see it. Yeah. I've changed. There's no Warner Brothers store at the Park Meadows Mall anymore, and it sucks. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's news, unless I missed anything. Yay! Movies come out in Ultra HD and Blu-ray. What's coming out this week? I think I have something coming this week. Oh, actually, I know I do. Whoopity-doo! DVD releases in Blu-ray. I shall buy, the, buy the, the diamonds is what I do. Brian, this mm. is how I win. <laughs> oh. This is how I win by buying uncut gems on Blu-ray. Fuck yeah. No 4K, which kind of sucks, but whatever. I'm not surprised. Yeah. It's an A24, right? Do they even put out 4K? No. They've done... Uh, you know what? Because getting... they're all through Lionsgate. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting kind of tired of fucking how pretentious A24 is. Every time I see one of their trailers, I go, like that St. Maud one. Ever since freaking Hereditary blew up, I go, man, every time I see their new horror movies, it's... They always want to put that in my face that Hereditary is awesome, and I have to tell people it's not. I like Hereditary. I know you but, do, but I get it. I I I don't necessarily love the trailer for Saint Maud, but I want to see that movie because mm. uh, it just looks fun. I have but, no desire. Uh, at any rate, uh, yeah, Uncut Gens starring Shabbity Doo and uh, uh, other people. Yeah, you can pick up Uncut Gems. I need to rewatch it again. I wish I had seen it more in the theater. Um, love that movie. Uh, a tale as old as time, song as old as rhyme. Beauty and the Beast is coming out to 4K, um, and uh, there will be a. Oh, and also the 2017 version as well. Um, doesn't look like there's a steel book. There for, is. There is for where both of them. Where am I? Oh, I think, there we go. I think the steel book for the 2017 is just Emma Watson on the front as well. Yeah. Yes, that's the, it. the Beast on the back. Um, and then the the, the animated one, one is, is the rose itself. Is it stained glass? I can't tell. Maybe. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, the Disney still books at Best Buy, or watch the cat, are uh, really nice. Just push him off. He'll be all right. Sorry, kitty. He's not even one. Stanley. Yeah, yeah, here's Stanley. So, yeah. But he wants to tell us what he thinks of Uncut That's when he knows I get mad because <laughs> every time he knocks over Roxy Rocket, I don't know why he knocks her over all the time. I just go, Stan Wee, and he runs away. <laughs> um, there's also going to be a steelbook of A Quiet Place from Mondo, um, but I don't know where that's going to be available. Uh, I'm assuming it's kind of like the Star Trek II Wrath of Khan one where their Mondo one went everywhere. 
um, which I guess has to do a lot of tying into. You always know a move a sequel is going to be good or to follow up when they're already letting people post about like reviews for it. Yeah, they're saying it's it's yeah. just as good if not yeah. better because it builds on that world. I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, I like that that first movie is only 90 minutes, and apparently this other one's going to only yeah. be 90 minutes. So nice, you nice. Can tell a story. That's yeah. all that matters. Uh, there is a. Uh, uh, a, a digibook version of uh, the Ten Commandments with Cecil B. DeMille. So you you can hear in glorious uh, 1080p Blu-ray Edward G. Robinson go, where's your Messiah now? So uh, That's yeah. a three and a half hour long movie that you'll never get your life back after watching it. It's not great. Ben-Hur is better by comparison. Uh, oh, way better. Yeah. I mean, it's an important film. Yeah, it's, it's uh, DeMille. You should watch it if you're a film student and yeah. kind of learn how to scale. I, I feel that the same way about um, a lot of the Bible epics. Like, I think they're shot really well, and I think they're important to watch. But the story is like, meh. I'd love to see someone take on, like, a hardcore version, not like the Ridley Scott one, uh-huh. but, you know, like David and Goliath or something. I think the closest you're going to get is the one you don't like, which is Last Temptation of Christ, because Willem Dafoe yeah. is some crazy shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I see what you're saying. Like, I mean, George Stevens is one of his last movies was the Jesus was yeah. a Jesus movie, and yeah. it's uh, it's not bad, but yeah. it's just like the production of that movie is more interesting than yeah. the movie itself. I think same with the Ten Commandments. Yep. Um, you can also get Bombshell on Blu-ray. I haven't seen it. Ryan, you saw it. Yeah. Brad, you saw it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Two nerds have seen it. Find out if they find out if you like it, like they like it. I don't know. That is all right. I, I wouldn't spend twenty dollars on it. Okay. Fair enough. I will just get it on VOD. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> um, and then Charlie's Angels from twenty nineteen is coming out on four K mm-hmm. and Blu Ray. Um, that movie exists. Yeah. Uh, Screen Factory is putting out Inseminoid. I just watched the trailer for that today. It's is it really, as insane as this poster? Yeah. I, it doesn't look like. It looks like one of those movies that's really bad that they put out because it's so bad. Yeah. And it's a total... It looks kind of like an alien ripoff. Okay. There's no... I don't know. It's something I would probably not buy. Maybe Inseminoid inspired Prometheus with that uh, weird abortion machine. Yeah, maybe. Um, and then uh, Scream Factory is also putting out Bug. Not the William Friedkin movie, but a movie mm. from 1975. Um, so yeah, uh, that's something you can look forward to. Yeah. I always try to say this. If you like these kind of movies, make sure you buy them. Oh yeah. Cause then because otherwise they don't, then they won't the... make them anymore. And what I love about screen factory or arrow is they will get these really obscure ones and they might not be totally decked out in special features like their collector's editions, but you'll never get them in that format. Exactly. Again. They might have like an interview and a trailer. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have the Tom Selleck daughters of Satan, which <laughs> It's not a great movie, but it's fun to watch. Yeah. And I sometimes I support films like that in uh, on Screen Factory, not because I know they're going to be good movies, but it's because I want them I want to continue to support them in making of those releasing those films. Right. Like there's one that they put out recently called Let's Scare Jessica to Death, which they had been working forever to get. Mm-hmm. So the, you should pick up stuff like that because that's a it's a Paramount movie and it's one that they were never letting go of for the longest time. And now they're putting it out. And I'm just like, you, people need to grab that one because yeah. you don't just need to grab the Big uh, big Trouble in Little Chinas or the Halloween 2s and whatnot. I mean, please grab all the Halloweens you want because I want more Halloween movies. Well, made. they don't have the license anymore. 
For Halloween two and three? Uh, well, they for those they do, but oh, for um, the yeah, for the big box set, the they big don't, box yeah. set. You can still so, find them available, but they are jacked up. Like yeah. the prices are jacked up. Oh yeah, you can't get the fifteen disc one. Yeah, but you and I have it. No, I make sure those. Some of them I make sure I always get. I also have the ten disc version and then the four K version, <laughs> and I have a lot of Halloween. Um, Spies in disguise. God damn you, God. Michael. Um. <laughs> I love when we can do Loomis. Uh, Spies in Disguise from 2019. I haven't seen it, but it's coming to 4K. Tom Holland. Yeah, Tom Holland. Check that out if you want to watch some uh, some Will Smith turning into a bird. Uh, the Salesman from 1968 is uh, coming out on Criterion. It's a docu- early documentary about uh, the different forms of Bible salesmanry um, uh, from Albert Mais- from the Maisel Brothers. So um, check that out. War Archives putting out Bo Brummel. A uh, movie I've never seen before with Stuart Granger and Elizabeth Taylor and Peter Ustinov. Um, sounds like some fun. Uh, or not. I don't know. Maybe it could be very depressing. I'll find Bo Brummel, watch mm-hmm. it, and tell you if it's depressing or hilarious. Um, and uh, Shout Select's putting out Masked and Anonymous from 2003. I've never heard of this movie, but it has Jeff Bridges and uh, looks like some John Goodman in there. So, hey, can't go wrong there, right? <laughs> John Goodman, you can never go wrong. No, not at all. Uh, Kino Lobor is putting out a movie called The Rare The Rare Breed from 1966 with Jimmy Stewart, Maureen O'Hara, <laughs> and uh, Brian Keith. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and check out The Rare Breed. Um, and then they're also putting out a movie called Canyon Passage with Dana Andrews and Susan Hayward and Brian Dunleavy from 1946. Go ahead and check that out. And it looks like that is it. Kind of a stacked week. Yeah. Next week's going to be even more insane. So stay tuned nice. for that. We watch films and stuff throughout the week in a segment we call What You've Been Watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what have you been watching? You got a nice haircut. Oh, thank you. I did it myself. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Looks good. It'd be I a just, shame if somebody were to cut it more. My wife did my off. haircut. Can you tell? Looks, looks look, good, too. Yeah. It looks nice. Yeah, she's... I, the, She's big on. Well, I don't want you to spend thirty dollars. I'm like, all right, whatever. That was my rationale. Yeah, like because I, you know, I don't style it when I go oh. get a haircut. So it's just like they're just doing what I could easily do. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's a little shorter than I'd like, but it'll grow back. Yeah. Most of it. You guys are just like Adam Driver in Marriage Story. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's thirty bucks to. Yeah. Buzz it. Yeah. I'm not good gonna pay to go. him to do that. Good to go. And then you know when my wife does it, I can grab her butt and stuff, and I don't get smacked. So. <laughs> Most of the time. Uh, yeah, again, uh, so much stuff this week. Uh, let me open my um, letterbox diary so I can keep track of it all. Continue to stall. All right. Um, yeah, I watched a lot. So the first thing I watched was the Impractical Jokers movie. How was that? It was fine. Um, I'm not like a huge fan of the show, but um, I heard them talking about it on the Tell Them Steve Dave podcast. And since it's a limited run thing, I figured I would go check it out in the short time it's here. And yeah, it's it's um, a road movie, and you know it, it breaks occasionally for all these um, the pranks, practical, that they yeah, do. prank gags like Jackass, but you know less physical. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they they build the story around it like these four. Uh, friends are trying to go to this Paul Abdul concert, so they have to get across the country, and all this zany stuff happens, and it's all right. But it is kind of like, you know, they know they're setting up the gags, so uh, they're acting like, like they they know you know that they're kind of 
it's all staged. Mm. So like that's kind of fun. And some of the, the pranks are generally hilarious. Um, but overall, uh, you know, the acting is so bad for the dramatic stuff. <laughs> um, it's it's I've never watched to watch sometimes. I've never watched Impractical Jokers, but I know Brian Quinn's on it. Yeah, so. that's why. So okay. Um, and then I watched Semi Pro for the first time. <laughs> I haven't seen. That's all right. Uh, it's it's, a, it's fun. It's all right. It really yeah. feels like an excuse for like all those guys to just hang out and make mm. a comedy because yeah. it really feels like it's just their yeah. own humor and they're laughing at their own stuff. I'm trying to remember. It's there's the scene where they have the live bear on the court and it's uh, yeah yeah that, that I remember that being the high point of the movie for me. Yeah. Um, I guess it's 2008, so maybe people don't even know what I'm talking about. So it's a Will Ferrell comedy. Um, he's a manager. I didn't know he was the manager of the team, but mm. you know, on the poster, he's the star player. He owns the team, and then he hires Woody Harrelson, who's like a down and out, uh, washed up basketball player. And they want to join the NBA, and so they have to prove themselves as a franchise. Um, so you know, they, whereas they've been coasting along. Uh, you know, not selling seats, but still operating. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're motivated to actually try. Uh, my that was my copy of Uncut Gems. Will be here tomorrow by eight p.m. Oh, this is this is Good. how you win. Yeah. <laughs> if you're, uh, everyone's wondering what that beep was, yeah. Thanks, Apple Watch. <laughs> I rewatched uh, Kingpin for the first time in a long time. Obviously, <laughs> Netflix underrated. is like, hey, you like Woody Harrelson movies, I guess. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't understand Netflix's algorithm sometimes. Because so I watch basically comedies and horror films, and then The Office basically is all I watch on Netflix, and they always try to shove Netflix films down my throat. It's and it always says the match ninety nine percent. It'd be they, I watch definitely be my maybe, and I thought it was funny. I think that's what's messed it up because now it's like if you like this movie, you're definitely gonna love two kids who want to hook up. <laughs> I remember uh, one of the times I watched The Irishman and it was it finished and whatnot. He said, "If you like The Irishman, seventy six percent chance you'll like Chloe with Liam Neeson." I'm like, "How did that even remotely <laughs> <Yeah>. connect?" <laughs> so you're telling me if I watch The Irishman, because well, he's Irish. That's what it has to be. <laughs> oh my god, that is the <laughs> loosest thread imaginable. <laughs> you're gonna like this movie because I'm also Irish. You see, it's me, but it's also Julianne Moore and then Amanda Seyfried, and then they have sex together, and then I have sex with both of them. Um. Anyway, are you done? Yes, I'm done. Okay, cool. Um, uh, Cop Out's on Netflix too. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched that since the theater, mm-hmm. um, and it hasn't like improved. Um, I didn't like it then. Not really a fan of it now. Um, it's it's not Kevin Smith's voice, so yeah. um, it's just his direction. I have fun with it more than most people, but it's not great. It's all right. I think it's shot really well, but but not but that's not saying much for what it could have been. Yeah, I think Tracy Morgan is doing really well, but again, like no one really has a lot to work with. Yeah, in yeah. that movie, um, I'm surprised that they thought it was such a funny script, like worth getting made. Because mm-hmm. I think it has to do with one of the actors in the movie, but that's just me. Um. Also, speaking of Will Ferrell, I rewatched Anchorman. Obviously, <laughs> a classic. Um. Shoot, there's I Frank, where'd you get a trident? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn, I forgot what I was going to say about that one. Anyway, um, then I watched uh, A Bug's Life because it came out last week as yeah. I, I bought it. That movie has aged really well. Has it? Really? <laughs> I think so. I, I, think it's, I think it's better now than when I remember watching it. Um, I didn't remember the story at all. Uh, the animation, I was like, man, if there's something they should go back and like re-render... Um, it's a bug's life just oh. cause it's so 
Well, I mean, it's what, 96? Yeah, it's, it's, it's 98. It's the second Pixar movie. Um, I mean, but I mean, even Toy Story, like I thought had better textures and like mm-hmm. more, but again, I think they're probably working on it at the same time as Toy Story to get it out two years later. So, um, but I mean, I mean the, the, the voice acting, everything is great. Um, but the thing that surprised me was, um, so there's a scene in there where like the bugs are at a bug bar, mm-hmm. um, they're getting served and, uh, one of the, uh, waiters like calls out to everyone like who wants a poo poo platter. And so there's like a plate of shit <laughs> in his hand. I'm just like for all the, you know, talk of Pixar being like the classy, um, uh, 3D picture house and like, uh, you know, like the other ones, you know, make the Shrek movies and they're all simple. Like Pixar still has a movie where someone had to render a piece of shit <laughs> and put it on screen. Hey, shit guy. But yeah. it's, it's bug poo, so it's fine, right? It's bug poo. No, it's, no, it's, it's like animal poo because all the flies flock to it and. Okay, that's then, the joke. Then yeah, Disney or Dirty. I, I still think it's. A, I think it's a better movie than people remember. Uh, Hopper is like a legit like villain. <laughs> oh, he's scary, sinister villain. Yeah. yeah, and I forgot it was Kevin Spacey. When you uh, when you go to the Bugs Life Theater in Disney World, they tell you not to bring small kids into it because he plays a pretty big role in it, and it's too frightening. Yeah, he's really mean. I mean, he's not like scary to look at. He's just no, he's mean, intense as a character. Mm-hmm. That's a well done villain. Um, and then I watched, uh, I think almost, no, I, I rewatched Sudden Death, the, uh, um, Van Damme movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the dialogue is so bad in that movie, but it's, it's so bad. It's great. Oh, I, you know, my favorite Van Damme movie I've said this before is, uh, Death Warrant. And the dialogue in that is not great either, but it, there's something like badass about it. Uh, but the dialogue in this feels like almost as though someone made a, you know, it's, it's diehard in a, in a hockey stadium right yeah. or stadium right Arena. um it feels like the script was actually written as a parody of die hard mm. but then they tried to make it die hard i've like seen serious. it a long time but i remember liking it as a kid um yes yeah, so i i'd be interested i wish there was like bonus features or something about the history of that one because it, it the dialogue is so cheesy and corny in places and you know people say stuff they're just like where did that even come from um to the point where i feel like it maybe was supposed to be funny, but mm. because they like, oh, we got Van Damme. Let's make it an actual action movie. Yeah. Like, compete with Die Hard. Um, I think I need to finally sit down and do... I, I, I'm so Van Damme ignorant. Like, I want to rewatch or watch Damn these you. movies because like, I think I've seen... Oh, I know I've seen JCVD and Expendables 2. Yeah, you should see his, like... His early stuff. His, like, early what? 90s, late 80s. Well, okay, I have seen Bloodsport. That, yeah. that is one. And that was one that you and I went to. But I, yeah, other than that, I'm pretty ignorant on him. So that uh, his outfit in that inspired Johnny Cage for Mortal Kombat. Originally, Mortal Kombat was going to be a Van Damme game, and then he had Street Fighter coming out, and mm-hmm. so they went back to the drawing board. So if you look at Johnny Cage in the original uh, Mortal Kombat, he wears those uh, black shorts with like the little red thing tied around him. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. There's only one Van Damme movie that I consider a supreme classic, and it was directed by the guy across from me. So. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. I actually rewatched most, most of the X-Men movies. Mm. I started with The Wolverine, which I hadn't seen since we reviewed it. I, I love The Wolverine. On the show. Yeah. Um, still not a big fan of it. I feel like the story's not that interesting. Mm. Um, like, the interesting parts are maybe it was on my film's 15 minutes I don't of the movie. I put it at, though. I don't remember. It feels like it's padded a lot with a lot of action stuff. Do you have the R-rated cut? 
Mm-hmm. Okay, because the one I loaned him is not the R-rated cut because I can't find. Yeah, the R-rated I'll have one. to watch that sometime. So I just watched the mm-hmm. regular cut. I mean, if you ever want to watch again, I, I have it. I, I will. Because um, there is a whole scene where he's chopping down ninjas and throwing them in like, uh, uh, like a, like a rotate. Yeah, like yeah. A, what do you call that? Like a combine harvester? I don't know. Um, a thresher. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not a wood chipper. It's like a. I don't know. I'd have to watch it again. Like a thresher. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure it's like a combine harvester is what the actual name is. I don't know. I love the scenes at the beginning of that movie where he's drinking in the mountains alone. It's just like it's yeah. just like oh, this is really good approach to Wolverine, right on. I mean, and then we little did we know what we would get down the line. Yeah, the most interesting part is uh, the villain's plot to mm-hmm. steal his life essence. Yeah, but I mean, you have to sit through the whole like romantic subplot to get there. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So yeah, then I watched the first X Men. Um, still great, and but I'll, I forgot to write it on Letterbox. It's amazing. Like the effects still, for the most part, hold up, but um, a lot of the effects are just uh, amorphous CGI blobs. Yeah, <laughs> I, I watched it recently on 4K, and yeah, yep. <laughs> I mean, they're not bad compared to no, some of no, the modern no. stuff. I mean, you it get, still looks but good, still, it's, but... it's just not as creative. You know, it just feels like, oh, well, we can do this effect. So remember when people used to like Brian Singer? Mm. I know he he was really riding high after Days I of Future Past. Actually, I read an Apocalypse interview with and then, Brandon Routh, and he talked about that he was always nice to him on set, but he was a total fucking dick to a lot of people. Mm. And he said it made working on that movie really difficult. Mm. That's a shame. Yeah. Uh, X Men Two is really good. Yeah, it's an awesome movie. Uh, great Love story. What you've done with your hair. Good effects. <laughs> um. Yeah, Last Stand. Still not a. Still unimpressed by. I still love the score. I, I love the when the score when Wolverine is going after to kill Jean Grey, mm-hmm. and he's getting ripped apart and healing at the same time. I think is awesome. It is a good, yeah. I love the music at that point. Uh, but the movie is. But it suffers from there's just less, uh, like dramatic moments. It's so much more of an action film. Yeah, that and they, they totally screw the pooch if they spend this whole movie like finding a cure, and then the tag scene is. It doesn't work. Yeah. And there's a. I forgot about the extra tag scene where, um, like Charles Xavier's, uh, mind is in someone else's body. He's yeah. in the mind of I think the kid that they were. No, it's like an it's like an adult man in that oh. hospital bed. Yeah, I mean he looks like Patrick Stewart. But Hello, Moira. Moira looks so confused. Um, well, because that thread never got elaborated on because of the retcon later. That's what I'm saying. Like I wish someone would explain like where they're planning to go with that because. It seemed like it was the final film for the that trilogy at the time. Well, that was. Um, I mean, I don't know if we can ask Brett Ratner because he's going through his own troubles right now. So, yeah, uh, people attached to X Men not <laughs> doing too well. No, well, Matthew Vaughn's doing okay. Yeah. Um, Eddie and the Eagle. Well, and, he didn't and, direct and, that; he produced it, but still. And James Mangold. I don't have first class, so I couldn't revisit that. Um, but yeah, Dave's the future past is great. Um, X-Men Apocalypse, I don't mind that much. No. Like People seem to really hate it. It's I thought fine. it was fun. Um, I think Oscar Isaacs is really good in it. Yeah. I feel like that film just... Uh, for some reason, it just felt underwhelming by comparison to Days of Future Past. It's almost yeah. kind of like... Again, it's it's like it's it, it's more into the action than it is the character development, yeah. which Days of Future Past does a lot of, which is great. I do like that it's like a... Like, like they show the younger team kind of like hanging out and doing stuff, like the young Cyclops and young Gene and stuff, like even though it's, you know, kind of sidelined by the apocalypse stuff, but there's there's moments of it that I like. Yeah, but that one diversion to, uh, like, the whole Wolverine-Striker storyline just feels out of place to get Wolverine in the movie. Yeah. 
Um, and then Dark Phoenix, did you watch? Yeah, and then I, the f- last one I watched was Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix, the Dark Phoenix, which I haven't watched since last year, and it's still a rough watch because it just seems like everyone's. I don't. It would be. I would like to know if they knew Disney was going to buy them as they're making it because I don't know why. Why this got made? Like, it seems weird to revisit the Last Stand storyline, and it, like, you would do that in order to make it great right mm-hmm. sure. but it seems like this movie just feels like a bunch of fixes well they, they delayed it so many times and apparently there was issues with kinberg on set so yeah and then like why kinberg like i mean he's, he's done a lot of good stuff for the x-men franchise but is he just there because they couldn't get brian singer back no, in the last I, minute? I read that it's because jennifer lawrence said she would come back if he did it ah and and one of the things is she had one movie left and she was also only going to do it if they killed her character, which it kind of feels like they oh, yeah. <laughs> were forcing it. That whole scene. Yeah. But really, the whole movie is just, Gene, stop it. <laughs> we can help you for two hours. <laughs> no one's going to be able to do Dark Phoenix correctly on screen. I guess not. Mm-hmm. Um, Unless, Ryan, do you want to take, you want to take no, a crack I'd at never, it I, I'm not a big fan of the X-Men comics anyways. Which means you're perfect to do it, because <laughs> that's how they've been doing it the last two times. But And are we doing Onward? Should but, we talk about it now? Yeah, sure. Because I, mean, I think we have enough movies where mm-hmm. we don't need to save it. Okay. Uh, then I'll say I'll I'll do Emma first, um, since you also saw Emma, Emma onward. Period. Emma period. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was. Uh, I sat through half the movie wondering where the hell this movie was going, and what people were even doing. Um. Yeah, I guess Emma's just a free spirit <laughs> who gets to do whatever she wants until she starts to screw things up and then uh, has to make amends for everything she screwed up among her friends. Um, more specifically, she just kind of wants to live a solitary life with her dad and not like run into any, run into any drama. But then in doing that, she does create a bunch of drama and then she has to fix it. Hmm. Um, that's why I gathered I'm sure Corinne will correct me. Yeah, she called you an ignorant slut. Oh, wow. That's on cult. That's a bit much. I forget what she tweeted. <laughs> I think she basically said that we're idiots when it comes to Austin. That's fine. That was yeah. Austin? Uh, yeah, Jane Austen, yeah. That's, that perfect, that's thing. perfectly fair. <laughs> yeah. oh. It's weird. Those movies don't appeal to us. But yeah, and it, the trailer makes it seem like a more modern take, but mm-hmm. it's still the dialogue in the that voice of that time. So... Um, it, it, but it feels like it's added to contemporary humor. Mm. So it, yeah, it was, it was a weird tonally thing. I've, I was just in there for a long time. Like, where's this movie going? Mm. Like people are just doing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like just the scenes of. People. I mean, I like pride, prejudice, <laughs> pride, prejudice and zombies, but pride yeah. and prejudice. <laughs> That's just me. Uh, yeah. But the thing I liked more this week was onward. Yep. Uh, Pixar's latest effort. And, uh, I wasn't like I think about a quarter of the way through I was like oh this is a B level Pixar movie and then about a, three quarters of the way yeah. through you're like oh wow this yeah. is gonna get really deep and that's I every time I'm sitting in the theater and I'm I'm thinking the same thing I'm like it's fun it's cute yeah you know I'm like oh you know look at the, the sprites are hilarious yeah. yeah and I go yeah it's fun and then it starts peeling the layers of the onion like all Pixar fucking movies do. I'm like you sons of bitches, and you know what? 
don't know if I should spoil this movie, but there's a part in it where um, Ian is going through a list and he realizes that this list has already been happening. And I just feel like the tears welling up I'm like motherfucker, dude, I knew this was going to happen in this movie. And um, and then there's a moment at the end where he allows Barley to do something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, son of a bitch, dude. And I was like, I was like, what's wrong with your eyes, daddy? <laughs> Nothing. Shut up. <laughs> um, You're dead man. <laughs> but uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is really good as the mom in it. Um, but yeah, it took a little bit for, I think, to get its legs. Yeah. Not that it was bad. It's just like, you're just watching. You're going, oh, it's like a bug's life where it's not going to ever reach or a good dinosaur. It's never going to reach the like level of wally or toy story but yeah it's like a road trip and you're just kind of like seeing all their parodies of like what if yeah modern day times was elfish times i guess yeah. or fantasy world and um yeah as it goes you just kind of unravel yeah and, uh, he, and you know what i like too is the um because the in the trailer the um centaur is you know the cop and he's like i'm gonna give you the count of three one and you find out that he's their stepdad and I, I like that they he was a good dude, and he just it was hard because their dad passed away, so it was hard for them to accept him. And um, and then you just learn that he's a good dude, you know. And they make fun of him, and yeah, it, it, and he's he knows he's never going to be yeah, it, it's nice. better than their you know, real dad, but it's nice. Also, the 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 high school or yeah, the high school with the dragon face yeah. on it, and like yeah. the callback to it, and you're like, God, that's so fucking smart. <laughs> I know. Um. Is, yeah. What else? Because I don't want to spoil like the emotional uh, core of this movie, but it, you're right. It's it's really fun, and I think Chris Pratt and Tom Holland are really fun together. Yeah. Um, also, they've had they've had practice. And there's like a like a fuck you moment in it. There's the the dad's top half flips off the little pixies when they're driving down oh, the road. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I'm done with this movie. Yeah, that, that's kind of frustrating too. Is like I think they thought the whole half dad like walking pants thing was too weird to market yeah but i feel like it would get actually get more people into the theater to see it because yep. otherwise it just looks like this you know, silly road you know trip the movie. scene that actually st- i started getting like to the emotional core of it was right after they escape from it and their dad starts dancing um to the music and they have this moment where uh i won't spoil the why they're doing this but then they reconnect at that part and it's great it's great, um, and it's and it's beautifully animated. Um, you know, I, I sit back too, and I think about the action scenes that they shoot in these animated films, and it blows my mind. Uh, you know, the last battle with um, the curse is is stunning. Yeah, when that the, the the thing forms. Yeah, like the the animation for all that. Oh yeah, debris. Like oh my gosh. Fucking Pixar. Also, how organically they get to where they fracture, like, the, the fracture between the brothers. Yep. Like, just out of nowhere. Yep. But it's organic, too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's it's a shame as being dumped into the March season. Like, this yeah. is definitely something worthy of their typical November yep. or midsummer. But they got another one coming out. Yeah. And I actually thought the Simpsons thing was really cute at the beginning, too. Yeah. I know a lot of people were kind of up in arms because Pixar didn't do a, a short. But it's not uh, the first time they've yeah, passed on doing a short before. Just then they didn't have one ready for it, so why not do The Simpsons? But I, I laughed. I, there's a really funny joke. So in The Simpsons short, Maggie meets a, a boy at the park, and so Marge takes her to this one park. Homer takes her to this skate park where he's not supposed to because he wants the taco <laughs> truck. And so Marge and Homer don't have any dialogue in the whole short, but there's this really funny part. So 
he goes there the first time and the second time they go back Maggie gets really impatient and she takes over steering the car. And then the, there's a really quick shot and it's really fast. But when they pull the parking spot, Homer's arms are up like he's relaxed while she's driving. <laughs> <laughs> and there's moments like that that I, because I've been watching a lot of The Simpsons lately because they're on Disney Plus. I th- that show's so smart sometimes, mm. and to see that again, it just makes me love The Simpsons. Mm. Yep. Yeah. So that's what I watched this week. I'll go because we transitioned to me. Um, I missed last week, and sorry about that. Um, it's okay. I'm a little letdown. I know. Is this our show or your show? Right? I know. It's really disappointing. Um, so I watched... I went to um, FYE, and every once in a while, I just check to see if they have any like cheap movies. And uh, one they had was called Mother's Day, which is an actual remake of a trauma film, yeah. but it doesn't follow the same... Um, no, it's different. It's 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 a lot different. It stars Rebecca De Mornay, who's actually really great in it. It's directed by the guy who did Saw two, three, and Dar- four. Oh, Darren Lynn Bowsman, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, I, I and I really I picked it up because I didn't know anything about it, and I was reading reviews, and the reviews. I mean, I think it's like seventy percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and they said it's really gory. I'm like, yeah, fuck it, I'll get it. And it is uh, gory. It's about um, mom and her adopted kids who hold up a bank and they go to this house where they got uh, kicked out of her foreclosure because one of the brothers got shot mm-hmm. and uh, they force the people that are there to um, try to find this money that was allegedly set to this home and uh, everyone else is being murdered. It, it's, it's like a home invasion film kind of um, Rebecca De Mornay is great in it though. Uh, and it does kind of have the same, uh, saw vibe and I was doing a little digging around a little more. It had like a $17 million budget and I don't know why it got dumped. It, um, um, so I've never seen the movie, but I remember when it was like on the production slate and they were like, Oh, this is, this is Darren Lynn Basman's next movie. It's going to be mother's day. And it's a remake of the trauma movie. They apparently had a bunch of issues in production and post and then hmm. the distributor. So there's a whole bunch of issues as to why it didn't get, widely out there and that seems to be unfortunately what bowsman's had to deal with since leaving the saw franchise Mm. it seems like he just all of his movies seem to just kind of get kicked around which is why i'm kind of glad that uh he's doing spiral even though it's going back to saw yeah cool give him a chance he's a clever enough director and i think he does creative things Um, the tension his tension experiment thing is something i would not want to do but it sounds really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a fine film. I think if you want, I mean, fine, that's a stretch. But if you want to watch a horror film that's kind of gory and um, the central villain is really good in it, I mean, I recommend it. Yeah, um, the, was it a DVD version or Blu-ray? Ooh, I might borrow. I it let from you me. borrow it. Yeah. Uh, I also got Rabid, which is a remake of the Cronenberg film. Yeah, um, the Cronenberg one is a classic. And this is the um, Soska sisters one. This is the Soska sisters, and you know, I, every time I watch, I've seen three of their films. And whether it's American Mary or this one, um, I'm not trying to sound disparaging, but they shoot a lot like it's a TV movie. They use a lot of um, hard colors. Mm. So there's um, scenes that are just nothing but red and black or pink and black. And I know they're low budget, but it seems like instead of embracing maybe a hot being a little more creative with the shots, Mm. they they stage them like it's. I, I don't know how to describe. It. They stage them kind of like it's a TV thing, um, like or like a too stylized version of what TV might be. Exactly. Okay. Um, anyways, the film 
stars this uh, young woman who never thinks she's pretty, but it's uh, she's already pretty. But they try to like scuff her up by giving her scars. That's rabid. <laughs> but I, I said, but you know, she's still pretty um the acting's a lot better in this one um the one thing i always knocked about the original rabbit is like marilyn chambers and things like that and was, you know not the greatest actress no <laughs> um but uh so the film is this uh, she gets uh in this accident on her scooter that like fucks up her face and they use this regenerative gene on her uh and it makes her gorgeous i mean she's already pretty but whatever and she's gorgeous, but she comes with a side effect of cannibalism, and she infects anybody that comes in contact with her. So it's a basic, it's kind of like a vampire slash zombie film. Like even if they just touch her on the arm or something. Uh yeah, kind of. Huh. Yeah, anybody comes in close contact with her, she breathes on them. Um, yeah, it's like coronavirus. I don't know, <laughs> I have to watch it again. There is a lot of people that are infected, um, but the so the practical effects are really great in it, and the movie is actually pretty fun. Um, I mean, it's another gory movie if you want to watch gore. And uh, so the practical effect when she first gets her her face is all fucked up is pretty impressive. Um, And so that's kind of nice to see. Um, What's not nice to see, so CM Punk is in it, and he's a horrible actor. And he's supposed to be this, like, womanizing guy, and he's walking, he's trying to pick up these ladies as he's leaving a bar. But don't worry, this lady Rose, who's, like, the infected lady, oh, she picks him up. It's funny you hear to hear you because I just heard his name for the first time for the girl on the third floor yeah. the Netflix film. He, apparently, he's he's like being lauded for that film. I yeah. still haven't seen it. I, I, I tried to see that one when I was in Telluride, but I didn't make it to it. He's on Netflix right now. Maybe yeah. we'll. Um, last week, the film of the week was The Invisible Man, and that film's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I love the dealing with the trauma of being in uh, the idea of dealing with the trauma in an abusive relationship. And the lengths you go to to uh, escape from it. And I think it also shines a light on the people that don't believe victims. Um, because a lot of people are saying, well, it could have been that bad. You know, he's not around anymore. He's dead. Uh, and it, it definitely had uh, the Lee Winhall saw ending mm-hmm. to it where it's going, you know, they're explaining what really happened. But I, uh, I, I won't spoil it, but I really like the ending where you – you don't know if exactly what happened happened, but she wasn't going to let it happen to her again. Mm-hmm. You know, she she took matters into her own hands, and I, I really like that. Uh, I, I loved the movie, and I can't wait to watch it again. I thought it was shot really well. Uh, Isn't it weird though? In that ending, um, she was able to like overpower him and hold him to the table, even though he like can kick a table across the room. Like he's so strong that he just didn't know it was going to happen. He can toss her around the room. He wasn't and, expecting her to. Rise up against him and say no more. Yeah, Smack him. yeah. I guess when you find your true inner strength, you, you physically right. get strong. That's right. Yep. <laughs> yep. We talked about this last <laughs> week, and I was saying the exact <laughs> same thing. Um, so, Scream Factory did a sell for Valentine's Day, where it was like five ninety nine, seven ninety nine for some of their Blu rays. I ordered them. It took them three weeks to ship them to me. Like I got them like two days ago, or no, like when's it? Six days ago. And I sent him an email. I'm like, do I send him an email? I have a feeling maybe because, you know, it's a huge sell that they got inundated with things. But I, I sent him an email after two weeks. I said, that's a long time. 
And then the lady sent me back. She apologized. Said, oh, we're just we have have so many orders that they're doing them in the order they're getting them. Mm. Um, good to know. Business is good. Yeah, Chat Factory. Uh, so I I watched Virus, which stars Jamie Lee Curtis and Donald Sutherland and uh, Billy Baldwin, or William Baldwin as he's um, credited. No, in no it's film. Billy. You could just say Billy. It's uh, fine. It's very interesting. I was reading. Uh, and I watched special features. This film is from 1998. Yeah. It cost $75 million to make. Mm-hmm. Yikes. So, I mean, what is that now? Probably $200 million? 150? 150, yeah. yeah. But still, when you think about a horror film that takes place on a ship. And, it's part uh, of that sci-fi craze of the 90s where yeah. you could like kind of pull that. So in it, it's uh, this Russian ship is hit by a electric storm that has a virus in it that inhabits the machines on the ship and it uh, basically kills all the humans on the ship and Donald Sutherland and Jamie Lee Curtis are on a tugboat and they're stuck in a hurricane and their package or pole sinks to the bottom of the ocean and Donald Sutherland's all pissed but then they find this abandoned ship and if they can tug that back into uh, home then they can get $300 million for it and <laughs> you can sell a ship with a bunch of dead people on it. Sure. Well, well, they didn't know the people were dead yet. So they get on board and uh, there's these machines that look like scorpions and wasps uh, that are attacking them. And they're like, why are they attacking us? And then later on, you find that the machines are also bonding with the people they killed. So it's half people and half machines and it's all uh, practical effects. So it looks really cool. Um, the movie's not great, but there's something to be said about seeing really cool, gory, practical effects. And they do have a huge CGI monster at the end that actually looks pretty good. Um, and I was thinking, man, 98, I guess that's around the time of, you know, Lost World. So I guess they can still kind of pull off a pretty convincing monster. And if you have enough money, I mean, $75 million is a lot of money. That's makes me think of uh, The Mummy Returns, The Rock, CGI, Scorpion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, uh, exactly. Well, they, that was so, a couple years later. <laughs> yeah. So the last... So all the people that are melded with the machines, those are all practical. And so they look like prosthetics. And that I don't care about that. I think it looks cool. The final boss is just this giant machine. And it... I mean, it looks pretty good. I guess if it's all machine parts and yeah. CGI in the it's early 90s, okay, early yeah. 90s. It's uh, okay. The, really the worst part about it is Donald Sutherland tries to do this Irish accent in it and it's bad. Mm. <laughs> it's really bad. The, the director in it is really fun though. He's, he worked as a special effects guy on abyss and true lies is how he convinced Jamie Lee Curtis to do this. Uh, and she said, yeah, I'll do it because I like you. And why does Donald Sutherland need to be Irish in the movie? I have no idea. <laughs> and he, he are they off the coast of Ireland? No, and he goes in and out of it, and he'll say things to the effect, "Listen, laddie," and you go, "Wait, what?" And I didn't even pick up on it at the beginning, and then throughout the rest of the film, I started getting really annoyed because it was so bad. And I said, "I didn't think I'd ever dislike Donald Sutherland, and I really don't like him right now." Uh, so yeah, it's a bad choice by him. Does he at any point does he say, "Would anybody like some Lucky Charms"? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I also went and saw um, The Lodge, which is a horror film that uh, kind of a lower—I don't know if budget's the right word—but lower distribution one or small scale. Small scale. Uh, it's about these kids who go with their dad after their mom dies, played by Alicia Silverstone. Um. So they're they're about to get a divorce. 
the dad and the mom, and she drops the kids off to the dad. Wait. So Alicia Silverstone is... Uh, so their mom died. Yeah, so is the mom. And then they're getting a divorce, and it it starts really... Like, it's a really slow burn horror film. She dies while they're getting a divorce? Uh, so she drops off the kids to talk to the dad, and the dad says, uh, I want to go through with the divorce. I'm going to marry my girlfriend. And so she's heartbroken. She goes home and kills herself. Okay. And so the kids have to live with the dad, and they don't forgive him. Mm-hmm. You know, they want you want us to meet this new lady and we don't want to spend time with her. And the dad says, well, it's important to me. And the kids find out that she is a survivor of a cult that her father started where everybody else committed suicide. And she's the only one who lived. And they go to this lodge that the family owns. And the dad is a writer and he works in town. And the new stepmom says, I think it'd be a good idea for me to, you know, hang out the kids for a couple days. You have this job. Um, We're going to decorate in, um, you know, give me a second, buddy. And so she says, well, I'll just stay with the kids and you go back into town and we'll make hot chocolate. And okay, buddy. And so while they're there, uh, she starts hearing things. Is it supernatural? Who knows? Um, and the kids, uh, are experiencing it as well. Uh, they go to sleep one day while watching the thing. And when they wake up, all their food is gone. All the Christmas decorations are gone. And the stepmom-to-be thinks the kids are doing this to her. But you find out that maybe they're not. And they're all in this together. And it's uh, really slow-burning. I'm not going to spoil like what happens towards the end. But, yeah, so it turns into kind of a survival movie, supernatural film. Uh, it's made by the um, directors who did um, It's their first... English film. It's a uh, fudge. Uh, um, I forget. I whatever. It's a foreign film. That's a uh, mother. Mother's eyes, eyes of my mother, something like that. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, so, anyways, it's shot really well. It's done well. Um, if you want a slow burn horror film, check it out. And the last thing I watched is I watched all the Predator movies, <laughs> and they're fun. You son of a bitch. Even The Predator was more fun when I watched it a second time because I knew where the lapse in in logic happened. You hadn't watched it since it came out? No. Wow. So I knew where the lapse in logic happened in the film, so I had a lot more fun watching it. And and, and in 4K, it actually looked really great. Uh, And yeah, so I mean, Predator is a classic. I really love Predator too. I think Predators is fun. Um, The Predator is all right. That's what I watched. Zach? Um, Not a whole lot. Um, Good. I uh, and I was talking forever. No, you're all good. Huh. Um, I uh, I went through the Cornetto trilogy on 4K um, last night. He should have said bass or freeze. What a tit. Yeah, I had not gone through all of them in a row since I saw the whole trilogy at the Alamo when The World's End was premiering. Um, which was actually one of the earliest episodes I was on with you guys. 
Um, Police Constable Nicholas Angel. Oh, God. <laughs> so uh, it, it, w- it was a fun trip down memory lane with Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz because I would I never I didn't see Shaun of the Dead in the theater initially. So I watched it on DVD after like hearing about it. And then Hot Fuzz came to our theater the first year I started working at the theater. So my dad took took me because I technically still needed an, a guardian. So he went with me and just just rewatching Hot Fuzz was a fantastic watch. And really watching Nick Frost's performance in that oh, movie yeah. and going like, man, like this is he's essentially playing the new girlfriend for uh, Nicholas Angel mm-hmm. and just teaching him how to switch off. But it's a bromance. So it's like not. It's just the there's emotional cues that he's playing that I think are very fun. Um, Shaun of the Dead, uh, I I had an appreciation for how efficient it is while not like losing anything. Like it's, it's it's I've always loved it, but I noticed for the first time how quick it is by comparison to the other ones. Oh, yeah. Like it it moves at a at a clip, and then I'm gonna show you one thing. Conetto. What? Conetto. I fucking... I, I, that's one of my claims to fame is I saw Shaun of the Dead at um, the Mayan. Mm-hmm. Or I saw it before it was even like widely distributed. Um, I think before, you saw it at the Mills. Before, and I mean, I, then I saw it again. I know it like was slow rollout. But it was, it was before great. before like the, the right boom yeah, happened. Like, yeah, and it, everybody else talks about it. Yeah, I found out about it when Kevin Smith was doing an L.A. talk show and he had Edgar Wright on, and they talked about it. And I was like, oh, I should check out this Shaun of the Dead. And then I, it was literally the, the brilliant si- movies ever. It was like the year before Hot Fuzz came out. So he was talking about Hot Fuzz two years before it came out. So it was, it was just, it was lots of fun. But um, uh, with Shaun of the Dead, what uh, with the 4K, it makes it kind of look like it was a zombie movie shot in the 80s because of the grain of the film stock. Like it's just, it just feels like it. It feels that it lives in the same world. As a Romero film, even down to the quality of the film. I mean, knowing Edgar Wright, that could have even been a choice. Yeah, which which, which wouldn't surprise me. I just I had never noticed it in the DVD version that I had seen before. So like, and the the 4K uh, shows that it's there's some small scratches in the film, but it's fine. I'm glad that they're that they're there. It's just like tiny little hairs of stuff. Um, Hot Fuzz looks great on 4K. Um, the uh, obviously they're bringing out the colors and whatnot, and the scenes with the neighborhood cult, um, like the the uh, everything's properly you know crushed black and whatnot, so it just looks even more menacing than it ever has looked before. Um, and then the world's end, which I I still maintain is my favorite of that trilogy, uh, looked phenomenal. I I found myself crying all over again throughout that movie amidst all the laughter. It, it's it's a masterpiece by Wright and Peg in terms of just what they accomplished on that entire thing. And um, uh, I had forgotten that Martin Freeman's in all three of them. Yep. Because I knew he was in Hot Fuzz. I forgot that he was. He's the boyfriend in Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it uh, goes to show you how much I, I, I how I need to go back more often. I, to I've watched Shaun of the Dead probably 30 times. I haven't watched. I've watched Hot Fuzz more than I've watched Shaun of the Dead. Um, I love that movie. Yeah, Hot Fuzz's soundtrack was my favorite soundtrack. The uh, oh, yeah. in two thousand seven, two thousand eight period, up until Zach and Mary make a porno soundtrack came out, and I found that one. But um, and then um, I uh, I watched uh, To Catch a Thief again because um, I recorded mm. a uh, uh, an episode with a friend of mine for Shamley who um, uh, it's his favorite Hitchcock film out of all of them. And so I wanted to talk with him about like, you know, how, how why is this one out of all the ones? Why is this your favorite? And when you hear the episode, you'll 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 hear the you reason why. It's, it's interesting because, you know, obviously I love the awful truth, 
But if you look at Cary Grant's IMDb page, mm-hmm. that's always up as his most one of his most popular movies. It makes sense. That mm. movie is fantastically entertaining. Yeah. Like it, it, and we've talked about it obviously on Shamley before, but it's just I had a lot of fun rewatching it with him because we watched it right before we recorded, so we everything's really fresh in our minds and um just just watching um just watching everything John Williams, the actor John Williams who plays Houston is He's a genius. Like he's a genius performer. I'm glad Hitchcock always kept going back to use him. Um, and uh, it's yeah, it's it's a fantastic movie. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, you, know, you should have you should have already seen To Catch a Thief if you've been listening to the show for the past That's year. Right. Um, uh, every Cary Grant movie. You should. You should indeed. Um, and then the last thing that I watched was I did a double feature of. Um, George Washington slept here and Mr. Blandings built his dream home. Now you've uh, already talked about um, Mr. Blandings uh, with, uh, within your Cary Grant series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've talked about George Washington slept here before, but the key thing was to figure out who was the dominant man tries to build a home in the country. <laughs> and the answer is Mr. Blandings. I love my Jack Benny. But Mr. Blandings is a much better movie by comparison. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair because one, you've got a great actor like Grant. Um, but the other is the fact is is that as much as I love Jack Benny, he's not really good at slapstick or kind of physical shtick. And I think that that's kind of requiring an actor that's a little bit more within that wheelhouse for George Washington slept here. Whereas Blendings builds his dream home. It just kind of plays off of, again, Grant's persona and yeah. whatnot. But it's just, it's just a little bit more like it's a, it's a film that I would show before I would show something like George Washington slept here. So, um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I've listened to a lot of radio and all that stuff this there's, week. So yeah, I mean, there's no charm more than Cary Grant. Yeah, not at all. But I will say though, George Washington slept here is a movie that, while I can obviously say it's not as great as Mr. Blanding's in terms of the like, oh, a bunch of people got and build a home movie. If you watch George Washington Slept Here, it has an amazing sense of like interest throughout the entire movie because there is a whole subplot about like, well, are they in a house that George Washington actually slept in during the revolution or are they actually in the house of a traitor like Benedict Arnold? Um, but again, it's just the physical shtick doesn't really work out with Mr. Benny um, as much as I love him to death. So. So yeah, that's all I watched this week. I guess that brings us to uh, our review of the week. Yeah, what for... did, what did we see? We saw extraordinary. Brad, your people see extraordinary. Uh, I don't know. I think uh, you could wait until uh, it's on video, on demand, or something. It, it was fun. It um, I. I imp- I felt like I was getting a, a Shaun of the Dead uh, vibe from it, but I didn't get the emotional connection uh, that I did from Shaun of the Dead. So it, it's funny in a lot of places, uh, but I, I didn't, you know, it wasn't a timeless thing for me. Zach? Um, I actually really liked this movie a lot. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I, uh, I, I like the, I like the lead, um, uh, the leading lady in the movie um, who's playing Rosie. A lot. Um, I liked the kind of just it kind of just felt like a nice cozy movie um, with, you know, ghost jokes and, you know, stuff like that. Um, As far as it being a horror comedy, I think it might be lacking a little bit in the horror department compared to the comedy department. But that's totally fine. Uh, And uh, Will Ferrell or not Will Will Forte 
is wonderful in the film and he does something I didn't expect, which was like one of the few like I thought shocking moments of the movie, but I would definitely check it out. I think you can only see it in VOD at this point by the time this episode comes out because it's it's been a very limited rollout for the movie, but I think it's worth your time. Absolutely. I'm in the same boat as Brad. I There's funny moments in the film and I, I enjoyed the movie, but I felt like the the world wasn't properly explained all the time. And you're right. It, 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 there's funny moments, but it didn't have the transcending moments that I waited for, like in Shaun of the Dead. Um, I mean, there's moments where I laughed a lot, uh, a lot of subtle moments, and I'll talk about them after we play the trailer. Um, also, the thick Irish accents. I, I felt like I missed things because I couldn't understand what people were saying sometimes. Maybe. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't see it with you, but I, I, I watch it. And I, I mean, I, yeah, it's... Like I said, there's I didn't understand the the world very well because they just said, oh, she can talk to dead people. And there's ghosts everywhere. And I didn't, you know, they didn't, never really explained why uh, the one dude was constantly being still haunted by his wife and why she didn't like anybody else. I mean, I guess I'll so we'll talk about it for the trailer, but I don't know. I mean, it was fun. I mean, if you seek it out, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with like renting it. But I wasn't as enthralled as Zach was with it at all. But uh, here's a trailer for Extraordinary. Why don't we see ghosts every day? Leave me alone. Most hauntings are so small, they go unnoticed. Hi, this is Rose's driving school. Maybe you could have a chat with my daughter just to find out what's up with her. My name is Martin. What is evil? <laughs> Coming, my sweet. I'm doing an incantation. stars uh i forget the lady's name I, maybe higgins and she is a paranormal communicator i guess well she doesn't do it anymore because she accidentally killed her partner which is was her father when she was very young so now she does driving school yeah but does she accidentally really kill him or is it <laughs> that's why i mean she blames herself she for blames her. herself for it and that's what i mean like the world isn't fully developed uh because so there's ghosts all around and only a certain amount of select people can see him so she doesn't do the ghost thing anymore and she does a driving school but people still contact her about doing 
ghost stuff. Yeah. And at the same time, Will Forte's Christian rock guy is uh, trying to sacrifice a virgin to some demon so he can be a get his career back. Get his career back. Be more than a one hit wonder, one hit rivers. Or- I loved most of the stuff he did in the film. I I love the the one thing you're afraid of. Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> he has this really funny reaction, or trying to drive. Yeah, trying to drive. With Rose is great. I, I like that shot where his uh, his nagging wife hands him a sandwich, and she's like, "It's chocolate spread." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or because I always love the throwaway lines where so he does this driving school, and he said, "This is my new music, signed by me in lieu of payment, of course." Um, and it, but like I said, the words not developed. So why did he have a staff that was shaped like a wiener that brought mm-hmm. him to uh, a place, and they don't really explain why um, he needs it? Because it's to track down. It's to find I know the, the virgin. virgin. I know he got confused because he thought it was pointing at the girl, but it was really pointing at um, Rose or whatever. That's her name, right? Rosie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Rosie. Um, I don't know. Like the world didn't seem developed enough. Because, I mean, he's also some Satanist, and he's supposed to be really evil, but I don't know. You know what it reminded me a lot of? It's like, because, like, I mean, and I when I walked out of it initially, I was just like, man, this is, you know, enjoyable on the level of a Shaun of the Dead or what we do in the shadows of just, like, taking the taking a different concept in the horror world and building a comedy around it. What I appreciated about it more, more than anything else is that it's, 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 a, it's a kind of like a cozy little movie for yeah. how for how goofy it is and like i think that the whole the horror element in it there are moments that are interesting from a horror perspective but they're not the same as like Shaun of the dead or even what we do in the shadows to a certain extent i mean what we do in the shadows is very silly yeah but this one i i kind of like appreciated that it was just it was just kind of like based on like what it, it looks like this is like a very low budget because like if will forte is the biggest star in the piece but like I just enjoyed like just what they were able to come up with out of that. Like normally I don't like CGI in a horror movie that looks too obvious, but I like the ghost at the end. Like it looks like an interesting ghost. Is it the best CGI in the world? Not particularly, but I enjoyed it like for what it's trying to do. Um, Well, I mean, I mean, I read your letterbox thing, so you obviously love the film. Yeah. And I, and I, I, I guess I was just very enthralled by it. Like, it's just like, I wasn't like, it's not transcending anything for me, but I just had a lot of fun with it. And like Mm. the crowd I saw, it had a lot of fun too. So that can always get me a little infectious, but you know, and, um, and I think maybe Higgins is just like, she charmed me enough where I'm just like, man, like I like watching her. Like I, I like her little dilemmas throughout the entire movie of just like, she, she likes this guy that she's got to go on this little journey with. And then, uh, you know, the, the gag at the end when she just refuses his proposal at the end, I thought was a fun little kick cap off to the end of the movie. Cause it just, I just had fun with it. Yeah. Now let me tell you why you're dumb and wrong. Yes. Tell us Brad. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Was, First you're dumb. Yeah. And, and you're, you're wrong. wrong. <laughs> Case closed. Does my math check out Ryan? Uh, count it. <laughs> uh, no, the other thing I thought was weird. I thought Rose, Rosie was, uh, actually kind of creepy for just kind of latching onto that guy. Yeah. Like that, the, the I didn't get the connection. Like you, you have in Shaun of the Dead. I know they had a relationship built up, but with like Liz and Shaun, you could tell that she loved him and he loved her. Or they just had problems, and they had a history together. Yeah, so, yeah. But this, I like, she fell head over heels with this. He's one. available. Yeah, and he. I didn't see anything. He's nice to her. Yeah, yeah that revealing in the uh, initial c- contact with him, and maybe it's because she's naive and 
someone was nice to her. I mean, I don't know. I didn't pick it up. I think either. it's primarily because, like, out of all, the, I mean, he is he is do, he is taking the driving lesson specifically to ask her about the ghost thing, but he's trying not to be too obvious about it. Whereas everybody else is calling her on the, the on the phones and leaving messages of just like, yeah, I know you don't actually uh, do, like the driving thing. You really want to do ghosts, and so I think she just a. You know, I, don't know, the, I, I think the timeline in the movie kind of messed with me. So the first, so they know they have to get these seven ectoplasms. And so the first night they only go see one person and then they have to see six, the rest in like one day. And then it seemed really drawn out. And then I don't know, but I did laugh when um, she was being uh, like floating towards where they were going. <laughs> and it was uh, there. Everybody was just driving really slow following oh. her. <laughs> and then the, uh... Will Forte's wife just grabs (laughs) the daughter and drags her. So the something I really liked in the movie was when they were talking to the because they basically they have to get the ghosts into um, our our leading man here, and then he barfs them out with uh, barfs out their ectoplasm, and they get the, his wife to inhabit him and then just whenever he changes into his wife he's got a cigarette that just pulls out of his mouth and he just starts talking like an asshole i just i i had fun with it i i got a kick out of it so um and i think will forte there there's the moment that he when he slashes his wife's throat because <laughs> she won't I was, shut up because i was just awesome. like i just out of based on the character the way he'd been progressing the whole time i was just like that character, that a wife character is just gonna be a role. When he does it, I was just like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like when I was talking about, like, there's not a lot of like amazing horror mm-hmm. like moments in the movie. I was just like, that one, I was just taken oh, yeah. aback by. So, um, but yeah, hey, which one of these is this mine? <laughs> <laughs> Will Forte makes almost everything better, you know, because it's a fucked up day. It's an asshole of a day. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> fucking asshole of a day <laughs> i also love when the, at the beginning of the movie they're leaving flowers at the father's grave and then they leave and the trash people take the flowers and just dump them in but the i mean you expect things I, I mean i knew the father was a sparrow or whatever hell magpie whatever bird it was <laughs> that magpie was hilarious how <laughs> like it had a personality yeah. like later mm-hmm. his wife's death where he's just like I, I hung a clock and it would ring every time uh, on the hour of when we got married and then the clock fell on her it's not as exciting as your story. Yeah. But still, like that part, I didn't laugh at. I'm like, eh, oh, I thought that was funny. <laughs> it exists. Yep. I know. Extraordinary. The short before was really fun. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. It was it, really weird, but, but it was. You know, watching this family descend into madness. Yeah, but the the actress in it was really great when she was talking in the mirror, and then she becomes too clingy to the ghost, and the ghost is as busy. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. And I guess the the daughter killed the stepdad. <laughs> oh, I thought he accidentally hit himself with the axe. No, I think the daughter killed him. Yeah. I don't know. How he, he was just swinging that axe around. Yep. And then they're like, it was pretty funny when they when they were leaving the house. Like, hey, where's dad? Oh, we'll get another one. Yeah. <laughs> like, as it seems like suddenly like all the dialogue is out of order. Yeah. It's pretty creative. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was a really creative little short. Cause it, and that one immediately puts you in the world. You know, there's. I was confused because I didn't expect the short. So I was like, I, "Is I, this the movie?" Because well, it's funny. I did the same thing because I saw the the names come. I said, "Wait a minute, these people aren't in this movie." The Fantastic Fest presents ones like so. They didn't do it for my uh, showing of Come to Daddy, but they did have a short attached to that initially. Mm-hmm. So I think it's when you're going in the the first weekend or sure. something for those. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoy. It. I mean, I think I I'm assuming it's leaving Alamo this week, so you'll probably be waiting for VOD yeah. for it. But. but I mean, it's not a bad movie. I just wasn't 
in love with it. Yeah. It had its moments. I mean, I, I love Will Forte. I'll probably, probably see everything he's in yeah. without hesitation. But yeah, I just had a lot of fun with it. I think it just when I walked out, I was just I had a smile on my face, and I think that that's pretty important feeling to have as you walk. Yeah, out I mean, sometimes so. it's just good to like a movie. Yeah, it's like it didn't transcend anything for me. I'm just like this is just fun. Um, but yeah. Yep. What are we seeing next week? Uh, next week we're seeing the hunt. Because I'm really just spitting in the face of Corinne. She really wanted to see Emmy, <laughs> uh, Emmy, Emma, Emmy, <laughs> and she said, "You need to expand your horizons." And I go, "I ain't doing that shit." Okay. I want to see the. I want to see a Blumhouse horror film. Hmm. We're literally doing three weeks in a row of a horror film. God, that's awesome. I saw the other Blumhouse horror movie, Fantasy Island, last week. Yeah. Yeah, and he so. he. He kind of deflated whatever balloon I had for watching in the movie. I didn't think it was going to be great, but you kind of deflated the balloon for me. <laughs> well, I'm here to serve. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. That's why we do this. Or I'll you can just not listen to me and do whatever you want. Yeah, always, always get your own opinion. I could be wrong. Brad, I will still see the movie. <sighs> he does not like my Ricardo Montalban. I don't, I don't know why he does. No, <laughs> not even, not even me. I don't even like it. Anymore. I'm done with it. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Jinx. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day. <laughs>